It's the Craggy Rugby Podcast. It's the Pro 14 Fixtures Release Day edition. Uh, my name's Alan Deegan, and on the line I've got William Davis. Um, but you're on your travels, William. Where are you? I'm sitting in the under part, underneath part of the Compton stand at Lord's Cricket Ground, Alan, on a magnificent hot uh, Tuesday morning. And the players are out warming up which seems to consist of uh, f- five-side football of very low quality. <laughs> yeah. uh, the mowers are going up and down, cutting the outfield, uh, not the sand mowers. These are proper grass mowers, so we'll hear a little bit of noise from them when they come down to my end of the ground. And a year today, which will be Wednesday the 24th of July 2019, I hope I'll be here, I hope you'll be here, I hope the place will be absolutely packed because Ireland will be starting their first ever test match against England and uh, we're all looking forward to that. The flags of the 12 test playing nations fly at Lords all the time and there's a lovely Irish flag just away to my left flying up beside the iconic media centre but in a year's time it'll be flying over the visitors dressing room in the pavilion and I hope it's as good a day as we've got today. It's only 28 degrees today. It was 33 yesterday. And I can tell you, <laughs> after all this wonderful summer, there is a difference between 28 and 33. And you, you almost go, oh, that's a relief. <laughs> I, never, I never actually thought I'd say that. But yeah, that's, that's, that, uh, that's what it's coming to. Global, global warming is really doing its thing then, if you're noticing that sort of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you certainly are. So yeah, I suppose the the big thing now is is um the the fixtures eventually got released today. So we've got um a very interesting start to the season for Connacht. Yeah, it's a tough start. I mean, four of the opening six games are at home. I'm just, we're we're not going to read them all out because people can access them. But if you just look down the list here, starting on Saturday the first of September, we're home to Glasgow. And the following Saturday, we're home to Zebra. Uh, following Friday night, we're away to Edinburgh. Following Saturday, which is the 22nd of September, we are home to the Scarlets. Then, the following Saturday, it's home to Leinster, and the following Friday, it's away to Ulster. Now, that is a pretty funky fixture list, I think you'd have to say. You've got uh, last season's winners, Leinster, previous season's winners, Scarlets, but then I'll say you have the previous season's winners, Connacht. So... It's 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 a bit of a top-heavy program, um, and it's a little bit hard to determine how this is going to affect them. They, they have to play these teams, whether or which, but that just looks a tough start. Those are hard games. I mean, Glasgow have a bit of a hex on us at the moment since we beat them twice in the the, 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 the playoff game and the you know and the, and the game previous to that in championship-winning year. Zebra beat us twice last year. Edinburgh is a tough old place to go to. Scarlets are the champion. It's but it's exciting. But if you're a fan and you go to all the games, you might feel that it could have been spaced out a little bit differently. Looking through the rest of the season, a couple of things stand out straight away. Hmm. Uh, Connacht playing 11 home games in the Pro 14 this year, 10 away. There's only one scheduled game in the first 17 rounds on a Friday which is December the 28th against Munster. Ulster. All the other matches are at home or on a Saturday. Yeah, sorry, that, that, that December 28th is against Ulster at home. Uh, we play Munster the following week away. Oh, sorry, apologies. I wasn't 
I wrote that down wrong off the off the list. No um, worries, no worries. Yeah, just just can I just go back to that start? Like this is the third season in a row we'll start against Glasgow and we've lost the last two. But prior to that we had beaten them on the first game of the season back in two thousand and six, I think it was, two thousand and seven maybe. An interesting stat about that, each game has been won by a team scoring a try bonus. So it could be an exciting game. <laughs> With plenty of tries. Yeah, the games at the start of the season are often a little bit loose because teams haven't fully got their systems in. Mm. Um, but I think, you know, you'd ha- we'd have to acknowledge, and Connick would acknowledge, that the, the starts to the last two seasons have been disastrous. Mm-hmm. Maybe slightly going too far, but they, they really have set a tone. You set your tone early in in all competitions. Yeah. Uh, um, for example, Middlesex, who I'm here to watch today, they've... They've set their tone for their last two seasons, having been champions by bad starts to the season. And it's not easy to pull that back. And, you know, Glasgow are a serious opposition. Um, they feel they're going to be challenging at the top of, of, of the conference. They're, they're, you know, they're looking to get the semi-finals and finals. And so are Connacht. But new coach in place, he's going to have to... I think he has hit the ground running quite quickly. Mm. But this, this, this is going to be good. It, the, the only question mark, there's, there's a couple of question marks. One is the fact that the Friday night seem to be gone. Yeah. Now, I don't know whether this is a deliberate policy. Maybe it's a requirement for uh, TG Carr, who are showing, as far as I can see, all of Connacht's home matches live. Yeah. Maybe they wanted Saturday afternoons, 3 o'clock, quarter past um, 5 of the two Saturday designated kickoffs. Um. I think there's good and bad in that. I, I think the atmosphere under the lights on a Friday night is a bit special in the sports ground. It's a bit different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And people keep coming out of work and they head straight to the game. Um, but I suppose the, the advantage of the Saturday is for people travelling from around the province uh, being able to get there and make a day out of it in Galway. So, you know, there's it's 6-1, no. half a dozen another really, isn't it? It is, no doubt about that. If you're up in uh, Ballina or, or Sligo or you want to bring family or you want, as you say, make a day out of it, come to Galway. Plenty of things to do in Galway. Mm-hmm. Come and do something, have your lunch, go to the game, maybe have you, go and have your dinner in the evening or whatever. It's a, it's a different vibe. But I just think it's a little odd that there doesn't seem to be any Fridays. Yeah. Now, it's possible with Europe that the European games might roll into Friday. Mm. Now, the, the three European games last season were played on Saturday afternoons. And I thought they were a reasonable success, but it's, a, it's an interesting one because the Friday night has been a kind of a tradition uh, at Connacht for a very long time. It was something that, uh, especially midwinter, it just, just had that feel to it, but that's not the situation this season. Um, yeah, yeah, and, and then if you look at the fact that, you know, this is in 18 seasons, this is the 13th season Connacht start at home, which is quite incredible, really, with a, a record of 1 8, lost 5. Um, and two of the losses coming in the, in the most recent ones, so that you know it is a chance for Connacht to you know make the sports ground a bit of a a place where people don't want to come and and play. Like it was a close game last year with Glasgow. I know the weather wasn't particularly good. Um, I always wonder if that's why they want to play these games early in September because the reputation Galway has for shocking weather later in the season. But um, if you remember last season, it wasn't the best of days against Glasgow. Um, no, 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 it wasn't, uh, which proves that you can get anything. It could be 32 degrees or it could be 12. <laughs> uh, let's hope for the, for the, uh, for the former. Um, yeah, I, I, it, look, it's, it's, there's a new TV contract in place. Obviously, I, I think when it settles down, I think Connacht have done well out of that. I think, um, you know, there's a lot of Connacht games going to be on terrestrial television yeah. and other, uh, other teams are not going to be faced with that. Other support groups are going to be looking at different, uh, 
scenarios with with premier sport or air sport um so they've i think that's worked out well and i think we're you know we two weeks ago we met we met andy friend i'm sure they're still working away connect i think they, they'd be working hard to the end of this week then they've got uh, some time off during uh, the race week and then they're back and then they're into the three warm-up games yeah, yeah, and I'll, 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 at the end of the podcast, I'll give some details on those warm-up games, you know. Yeah, and, and talking about Andy Friend, when we did meet him a couple of weeks ago in Ballina, we also um, held over a couple of interviews that we had from that day. Um, I'll let you introduce them. Yeah, we're going to start with an interview I did right at the end of the uh, camp that they had with uh, Tiernan O'Halloran. And uh, as usual, Tiernan's always worth a listen. Tiernan O'Halloran here in uh, Ballina today. You've just uh, finished a training session. How did that go with all the uh, local kids in the rugby camp? Yeah, no, it was great. Um, look, it's always, I suppose this time of year, it's important to get around the province and, and get out to the kids and, and help out. You know, you can see how much fun they have today when we all come down and, and play a few games. Uh, you know, this time of year is always tough for us in, in pre-season. Uh, it's kind of a recovery day today, but it, it's important uh, to get out. So, you know, it's been tough so far, I suppose, training-wise. It's been uh, physical, so um, but it's enjoyable. Look, it, it's great to get back to the province and, and get around to places like Ballina and Mayo and all the other counties as well. So um, hopefully we'll get, get around a few more by the end of the summer. New start for Connor, new coach Andy Friend. We've we've talked to him there. Uh, how has he blended in with you guys? Yeah, so far so good. You know, um, he obviously only arrived uh, last Monday, I think it was. So we've only kind of had just over a week with him so far. So last week he was more of a kind of strength and conditioning week for us. We did a lot of kind of just more in the gym and, and fitness things. So it was kind of. I suppose overlooked that and see how, how we do things around here and I think you, even in the last couple of days now he's kind of starting to put his own stamp on things as well so um, you know it's great and you know he's, he's very friendly he gets on with everyone he's you know he's made an effort to, to kind of get to know everybody in, in a short period of time and, and it's obviously hard to learn everybody's names so quickly but so far he's done a great job anyway, especially a couple of names so um, yeah no look everyone's enjoying it it's a it's um, it's, a, it's another you know fresh start to a season for us now we've had a long chunk of a break we don't usually get six weeks off so um, it's been plenty of time to I suppose refresh and and uh, focus new goals for all of us I think personally and um, we're all looking forward now to to putting in a good preseason and hopefully kicking off um, kicking off the season well any changes to the strength and conditioning setup so you, is there any little tweaks on that is there anything that's different and does that have to change every year otherwise players maybe become a bit fed up with doing the same thing in every pre-season oh yeah look it's you know I suppose strength and conditioning it's, it's just so scientific the research changes all the time um, there's always new studies coming out about what's good and what's bad so um, you know the guys in fairness are on top of all that and, and they do they do mix it up there's nothing that's the same for us over the last few years so um, I think that it's the same pain is the only thing we can say you know it, it's like I said it's a tough time of year it's you're really pushing your body to the limits you've got it you're, you're pushing to, to eat as much as you can get the calories into you um, obviously depending on, on what position you are at the same time so obviously a few of us outside backs are looking to put on a few a few pounds whereas some of the tight fourth will be trying to lose a few but uh, look that's that's the challenge of it um, it's exciting time it's you know, it's been some unreal weather for the last few weeks as well, which which helps as well when you're when you're training. Um, so yeah, look, it's always changing. You never get bored. With it. They're going to make it tough. They're going to make it challenging because um, they want to make you be in the you know the peak physical condition by the time you I suppose get into those preseason games and and come your first game in September that you're really hitting the ground running and and you can have a I suppose a, a squad that's attritional and, and get through you know without without injuries as well. It was important. And I have to ask you, there's a vacancy at captain. Have you heard anything yet? I mean, any discussions about that, or is that all still in the top office in a sealed envelope? 
Oh, I think it's in the top half as at the C11 at the moment. Um, obviously, look, losing uh, losing Mull after the service that he's given for the province is it's going to be tough. It's a void, absolutely. I don't think I think a guy like that comes around, you know, every uh, every few generations, and it's the same in other sports. You know, there's just somebody you just can't instantly replace. Um, but look, I think it's on a lot, of, a lot of guys to step up now. It won't be just the captain, whoever that may be. It'll be um, you know a lot of guys with international experience, a lot of senior guys that have been around the squad for a long time. They might be young, they might be 24, 25 but at the same time they've there's lots of lads there at that age that have been racked up 100 caps so you've got to use that experience now and um, it's on all of us to step up there and, and lead at times because we can't really rely now on one person like we might have done in the past at Mole after a tough loss everybody kind of looked at him but now it's on it's on everybody to step up I suppose Yeah that, that struck me that uh, at times he probably just because of his experience carried a lot but is that a good challenge for players now and it's it's an opportunity for, for everybody to, to step forward and not because Mull wasn't interested in, in other opinions or whatever, but simply because everybody waited on him. And now it's going to be a case of everybody needs to get at it. Yeah, definitely. Like, I can only see it as a positive. Um, you know, it was kind of, I know it was similar when I was at a young age as well, and I racked up a few caps. I kind of felt I had to get my, you know, mature a bit more than I usually would have at that age. So um, it's exciting for these for these guys as well to, to kind of get into that role a bit earlier and, and talk up a bit more in training. Like you said, and training sessions in the past you kind of always gave the same look over to Mullen and let him sign off sessions whereas now there's different guys speaking there's different voices that you might have heard before which is you know it's fresh it's good to, it's good to hear it's good to hear new ideas um, how people feel about things as well it's good feedback all the time so um, I think it's a, it's a good atmosphere at the moment it's, um, guys are challenging each other and um, I think it should only bring positive things for everybody around the place Tiernan good to talk to you we'll be talking to you again no doubt before the season and during it but good luck and uh, hope the weather keeps up for you guys outside training I think we all do nice and cheers guys thank you well he certainly wasn't going to get drawn on the, the captaincy issue <laughs> I actually gave him a note I should have I should have stopped talking and <laughs> try to make it answer the question yeah yeah I'm sure we'll um, I'm sure we'll find out who the captain is soon enough well, hopefully on media day, which should be sometime in early August, and I think that'll be the day he'd be uh, announced and handed into the tender mercies of ourselves, <laughs> and we can ask him all sorts of questions, whoever it is. Um, it's a big decision, I think, for, for Andy Friend, and you know, uh, it's an important because you're replacing a legend captain in John Muldoon, so mm. it, it's a big, big ask. Uh, but I'm sure whoever's picked will be will be ready to to do the job. They certainly will, and and then the other person you spoke to up there was was um, the forty twos Murray Kinsler, who I regard at this stage as one of the best, if not the best, um, rugby journalist out there. Certainly, the the information, the detail he goes into in some of his his articles is is um, riveting from my point of view. Anyway, well, he just spent his whole life watching rugby. <laughs> I, I got him to admit that when I was talking to him off uh, off record. Uh, yeah, look, he's a fascinating guy to um, to chat to. He's got a good finger on the pulse on what's going on in Irish rugby. Uh, took a six-month sabbatical, of course, and did a little bit of touring the world when he was um, after the after the Lions tour last year. But he seems to have come back refreshed. And um, let's have a listen to what he has to say. Murray Kinsler, the42.ie, joining me here. The media day is winding down here. There's still a few kids tearing around this pitch. They're, I tell you, they've got fantastic energy, but the players get ready to head back to Galway. Uh, your view on uh, how today went? 
yeah, really positive. Um, a lot of excitement amongst the playing squad and the coaching staff, I think. Uh, obviously, it's a time of year where everyone's optimistic. You'd be worried if it wasn't the case here, but there's definitely a sense of kind of renewed energy, um, renewed focus, and um, Andy Friend has made a really good impression. He's he's done his homework on Connacht. He knows what he's, what's ahead of him. He knows pretty much what he has in his group, what's coming in in terms of signings, um, and a very kind of proactive kind of open coach seems to be uh, talking a bit about letting the players decide in certain things or have an influence on the style of play and, and culture and things like that so yeah really positive first impression I think everyone's very very excited and overall if we look at the situation I mean Irish rugby's had such last season culminating Grand Slam Leinster winning in Europe then fantastic tour of Australia which which you were on how, how do you put that situation where do, do they almost have to forget all about that now and just start again and they'll be they'll be back at this very quickly yeah well like rugby can be so it can change so quickly you think back what two years ago where we were all talking about the Irish provinces are finished in Europe the French and English are going to rule for the next 10 years and now suddenly Ireland are on top and Leinster look like they're going to have a spell of dominance Ireland look like they go into the World Cup and, and really challenge that can change very quickly however having said that I do think that the foundations in Irish rugby are, are really strong so that there's always going to be a consistency of performance like David Nusifora may be unpopular in certain parts of the island but He's got a really good system in place with the player management. Now starting to get a few players moving from provinces to other provinces, like Carberry, the latest example, uh, sorting a problem for Munster as well as for Ireland. Billy Burns coming into Ulster, an Irish qualified guy out of nowhere. A really really good bit of homework there, I think. Um, So there's loads of reasons to be positive about Ireland being consistent at international level and with the provinces. I think the big one is, is making sure that Connacht and and Ulster especially um, kind of bounce back from rather difficult seasons. Ulster obviously well documented about their problems kind of on and off the pitch um, and they've moved on, the CEO and, and a few of the staff as well, a, a lot of changes up there so they'll be expecting uh, a good response and there is a good squad there. I think they can certainly improve on last season's really disappointing performances on the pitch and, and Connacht we, we know there's a lot more in this group as well with a, with a lot of players coming in as well so they they won all four provinces competitive all the time um, but on international level I think there's no reason why they can't um, continue continue winning obviously there's always areas you can prove scrum half out half depth is that there yet not quite sure Joey Carberry needs a big season at, at out of half and, and get that experience under his belt at scrum half behind Conor Murray um, there's a you know there's a bit of a fight there obviously Kieran Marion second second choice but there's a bit of a fight for that position with Luke McGrath and other guys and is there still a bit, bit of a gap there to Conor Murray probably is um, but look there are kind of minor little details all in all it's a pretty healthy situation to be in um, but there's always going to be more work to do and there's always going to be more guys to move around provinces or encourage them to do so that that, that depth is, is continuing to grow um, and hopefully Connacht and Ulster can, can improve on the pitch if Connacht are going to get some of that player movement, do they really need to be playing, uh, as it is next season, Heineken Cup rugby rather than playing in the Challenge Cup? Is that still at the back of people's minds that that's not a high enough standard? Yeah, I, I just think for them as a province, for supporters, for staff, for players that are in the squad now, they need to be playing Champions Cup rugby. That's that's where you want to be and that's the experience that counts that when you do get into an international squad that you've had big moments against French and, and English clubs um, in Europe so uh, beyond even just the transfers um, while it is a, an attractive element of it uh, 
this province needs to be in, in the Champions Cup as frequently as possible. It will improve the quality of the player, the quality of the staff, um, and definitely the quality of the sport. Not, not questioning kind of supporters, but people want to go to those big games and they want to get behind a, a bit of a journey on the, uh, on the European front as well. Um, so hopefully they can have that in the Challenge Cup and hopefully their Pro 14 performances uh, end up with a, with a Champions Cup spot. And I suppose the World Cup is on everybody's mind. It's it's 11 internationals away or whatever it is. There's the autumn and then the big game there in New Zealand and then the Six Nations. But you, you were in Australia. Do, do you feel this, this squad is really getting ready? Are, are they ready mentally for this, do you think? I mean, they came back from 1-0 down in Australia. That, that must have been... I mean, I was always watching on television, but there was a feeling there of a real belief and a sort of a doggedness that was just we're not going to lose here yeah well to be in that position was brilliant for them in terms of the World Cup it, it was almost like a knockout when you lose that that first test and you got to win and, and you come into the last game and it, it is like a final they talked about it being a final the Aussies were talking about it being a grand final so to have that experience behind them is massive I do think they've moved on in terms of their mental ability to, to teams of years gone by just in terms of sheer consistency there's always a good performance from Ireland now even if they lose I know we tend to analyse it with a very critical eye when it could be little minor details that have resulted in the defeat I think Ireland are very comfortable that they're always going to get a consistent performance um, there are still things like Johnny Sexton or Conor Murray getting injured in a World Cup and you would massively worry about that as with any team you know you lose your be- one of your best players you're, you're going to be severely hampered um, but there's loads of space for, for further growth like even like look at, look at here today at Connacht there's guys like Ulton Delan Keane Kelleher a guy who kind of went off the radar completely uh, unfortunate injuries at times and, and didn't quite run for him but there's guys like that who have the potential to, to feature for Ireland in a World Cup squad even um, other guys obviously I'm, I'm not even mentioning now but there's always room for getting better and Joe Schmidt knows that better than anyone um, like a year ago you wouldn't have expected that James Ryan and Dan Levy would be two of Ireland's most important players that Jordan Larmer would be such an integral part of the squad so there's always space for that you had like Will Addison the Ulster new signing um, he was in the camp in, in Melbourne just getting a bit of experience I, I'd expect him to come into the mix as well so it's always changing and you may end up with a, with a much improved Ireland team even but definitely for now where they are I know people are worrying about them peaking too soon but I think Ireland's peak is, is very consistent now and, and I think they'll be well able to continue doing that under a guy who is relentlessly demanding like Joe Schmidt Murray good to talk to you as always we'll catch up with you again during the season hope to see you down in the sports ground and uh, thank you for talking to us thanks very much appreciate it yeah good stuff from, from Murray always a fascinating character yeah, I hope we're going to see a bit more of him in Galway this year. I was encouraging him to come down so we can put him in the podcast and have a chat with him. Uh, his analysis is phenomenal. The little video analysis he does, mm. it helps learn something from it, um, which is, you know, I think part of the process of watching sport. I, I always like to feel that I can learn every every time I watch a game. It doesn't matter where it is or what sport it is. And um, yeah, we hope to we hope to talk. I'm sure we will be talking to him again. I'm sure we will. Um, yeah, just going back to the the fixture list. Like our our first away game is is in the third week on the fourteenth, the fourteenth of September against Edinburgh in in Murrayfield. They've moved back to Murrayfield, so a chance for Connacht fans to go back to our our um our place of glory where we we won our championship. And and if you want to get all the best details on travel details, the um Connacht the official Connacht Supporters Club have a website called the and they have some fantastic 
information, detailed information about where to travel to, when to travel, what's the best flights and all that. Um, so yeah, if you want to get your travel details, connachclam.com is the place to go. Absolutely. Uh, it's great fun going to games. Um, there's always, sometimes there's very small numbers, but they're very enthusiastic. They make plenty of noise. They'll encourage you to, you won't be encouraged to sit down and clap politely <laughs> and make a, 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 and have a right good go at it. Uh, yeah, back in Murrayfield again, um, great media place, Murrayfield. Fantastic mm. place to commentate and watch from. Um, has a big stadium feel. It's a bit odd when there's, maybe there'll, there'll probably be more people. I, I don't quite understand the thinking. I'll be asking when we're over there because they, they made the big effort to, to move this. Um, but they're they're back there. Um, interesting to note, I see today that Munster confirming that in their 11 home games this year, seven will be in Limerick and four will be in Cork on what will be a th- an, a 3G pitch. Oh wow! At, at uh, Independent Park in Cork, the uh, Musgrave Park. So that might be the first time we've had one of those in in one of the Irish provinces, and probably symptomatic of where pitch management will go in the next maybe half a dozen years for, for most teams yeah yeah i suppose like the you've got these grounds you've got these surfaces that you know if there's just grass they need to be looked after and nobody can use them whereas if you've got a, a 3g or 4g surface or whatever they're calling it like i never remember they keep changing it but it means they can be used more often and they can be used to bring in local kids and as we saw in newcastle when i was up in newcastle a couple of years back with rob and we, we, you know, there was a whole blitz that went on before the the main match, and there was kids everywhere, and you know, a lot of them stayed to watch the the big game. So it's a, a way of making it more the day, you know, a big day event. Um, you know, maybe maybe that's the the future. Yeah, I think it probably is. Um, I don't know what the difference is. That's something we'll have to have a look at and see if we can find out what the difference between three G and four G is. But I I think that is the future. It's that you know you can use the ground three hundred and sixty five days a year. You, you can play two games in the morning and then you can roll out Connacht or whoever in the afternoon. Well, I think the PA is starting to warm up here. The players have just about finished warming up. I don't know how you have to warm up on a day like this, but they're all <laughs> wandering off now to get into their whites. The, the groundsmen are pulling off all their gear. There's no uh, artificial pitch here, I can tell you. It's uh, Mick Hunt who's retiring as groundsman here. He's He's been here since I started coming to this ground 40 years ago and he's been the groundsman, but I think this is his final season. He's scurrying off, and um, I'll say cheerio, Alan, and we'll talk again soon. Yeah, cool. I'll just quick make a quick mention that the Women's Interpros will be on the first three weeks in September. We don't have the specific details. We'll have more information on that. And that if you want to watch Connacht before the season starts in the pre-season game, you can, if you're in the south of France, you're lucky to be down there, you can head down to a, a town called Pompadour, which is just north of Brive in the south of France, on... August the 11th. Uh, the following Saturday, uh, August 18th, Connacht are playing in Dubarry Park, a place they haven't played in a long time when they take on Wasps in, in their only home pre-season friendly. And then the last one is in Bristol, where they take on Pat Lamb's Bristol Bears on Friday the 24th of August at 7.45. So for anyone listening in England, you might be able to pop along there and see them. So, yeah, that's, that's the end of the podcast. I'll let you go and watch your cricket, William. <laughs> Indeed, I'll go and get my position in the pavilion and um, yeah, look forward to being at Dubarry Park on that day. Yeah, and for team news on that game that we're, we're going to go into Dubarry Park, sportsnewsireland.com will be the place to go. They always for quickest for team news, sportsnewsireland.com. Okay, that's it. Thanks, William. 
Absolutely. All right, Alan. We'll uh, we'll talk soon. Cheers. Bye bye.